Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Let's go right to the phones now, and we are very fortunate that we are not joined by Nate Zielinski. No, I mean that filling in for Nate Zielinski is Will Dykstra. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing good, and that was good to take a shot at Nate, too, don't you think? Yeah, you always got to get him in while you can, for sure. Uh, that's for sure. You know, I know he's... You know, he was at ICAST with us just this last week, and we're going to talk about that. And all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't have service this morning. I think he's goofing off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know he's he's actually doing a pretty cool event up there in the mountains at the uh, at a at kind of a a private fishing club. Uh, as far as like it's some kind of kids uh, fishing tournament, which sounds like a lot of fun. But yeah, I agree. He's uh, you know, a little last minute. Like, oh yeah, by the way, I had this coming up. So <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> But, but uh, you know what, so he does, he does, radio, so. no, and we're happy to have you. Of course, you fill in a lot for me when I'm gone. You're always a great contributor, and, and we love Nate, too, and he knows that. We love to give him a hard time, but he is, in all honesty, he's giving time to some kids this morning, and he's more than forgiven for doing that. We always uh, always appreciate that. But you and I attended an event this uh, this last couple weeks, and it's called ICAST, and for people that don't know, that's the annual get-together of the fishing industry. It's not an open-to-the-public event. You either have to be in the media, uh, a dealer, or a manufacturer, or somehow involved, like, guiding with the industry. And it's where all the new products and where everybody goes to share ideas. So I thought I'd talk to you. What's this? You've been there going there for a few years now. Is that right? I, I have, you know, and I'm finally, I'll tell you, I'm starting to settle in there and not not be completely overwhelmed. You know, the first first time you go to something like that and you're, you know, just in awe, not only of uh, of what is what what is there, what's provided at this this incredible event, but you know who is there. And I remember the first time being there, and I was kind of you know looking at something on my phone while I was walking, and I bumped into somebody. I look up, and it's Bill Dan. And, you know, it's yeah. like oh, <laughs> you know, and you know, but he, the cool thing about this industry is, you know, regardless of, of how successful people have been in the industry, and and you know, and and where they are. You know, it's you're there together, and, and there's a mutual respect for one another. I mean, it was funny because when I bumped into him, I was like, "Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And he goes, "Hey, how you doing there? Nice to meet you. I'm Bill Dance." You know that kind of thing. So it's oh. you know it's cool to see the fishing industry in itself, um, while very competitive. Um, you know, we're all there for the same reason, there for the for a common goal, and it's a lot of fun fun to see you know guys like that for sure. Well, I'll tell you, talk about guys like that. The first year Karen went to ICAST. We were staying at the motel attached to the convention center, and I'd been several times. It was her first one. We got in an elevator to go down to a, a one of the uh, gatherings, the evening reception type things. We get in the elevator, and it's me and Bill Dance, Hank Parker, and Roland Martin. And Karen turns to me, and she goes, I didn't bring the right clothes. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 for sure. But, you know, yeah. that's the cool thing, you know, for someone like me who's, you know, five years ago, I was not a professional in the industry, and to see where you know we're at now, and to have an opportunity just to be around guys like that, it's, it's really cool. So well, and there's and there's so much neat stuff that you you get a chance to be exposed to and check out a lot of stuff that 
you know, that you just get caught up in. Because we're busy on the water, we're doing our own part of the industry, and sometimes we lose sight of some of the some of the things that are happening. Was there anything there that jumped out to you, whether it's new lures or new equipment or new techniques or anything that just really jumped out at you? You know, it, it's interesting. We we did a Facebook live feed with uh, Pete Mena, and we were talking about you know new things that are coming up in the industry. You know. For example, uh, the, the best new hard lure of the year this year was the Savage Gear 3D Bat. Who would have thought about making a lure that looks like a bat? And, uh, you know, it's, it's basically your typical surface surface bait, surface crawler, but that's something that, stu- that stood out because it's, you know, little tiny changes to old-school things, you know, that, that could potentially put fish in the boat. You know, we've seen, um, you know, the biggest, probably the, the, the talk of the whole show was the, the system that Powerpole has come out with where you can basically run your entire boat um, from one tiny little screen that, you know, basically tells you everything that's going on from your fuel usage and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just been fun to see the awesome gear that we've been fishing with over the years just keep getting better and better and better. And, you know, people say you can't reinvent the wheel, but, it, you know, I feel like every year we go to this thing, somebody's reinventing the wheel and it's making it even better. Well, I'll tell you what, if I... I look back, and I'm, I'm in my fourth decade in the outdoor industry, and I look back to some of my early tournament days as a professional angler in tournaments, and, you know, and we thought, you know, well, there were some of us that were probably a little, had spent more time learning, and we were ahead of the curve a little bit, but we didn't have the advantage of the electronics we have today or the quality equipment or the lifelike presentations. I mean, wouldn't you, I would just love to take a handful of some of the stuff we got now and go back 20 years and pretend like I was really good. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and it's been fun to see. I mean, some of the cool things that both industries have been doing because um, the other half of that show um, is fly fishing gear. And it's been interesting to see there's been a pretty big crossover between both industries taking technology from from each other and just making awesome gear. And, again, like you said, if you go back, I mean, even 10 years from where we're at right now um, with, with gear, you know, whether it be electronics, fishing rods, everything's, you know, faster, lighter, stronger. And, it, and it's just amazing to see, I mean, every year you think, it, it, how are you going to beat this? I mean, what's next, a 20-inch uh, fish finder? I mean, it's it, – it's all, they're they're getting bigger, they're getting better. The opportunity to catch more fish because of these things is better. So it's just it's just really overwhelming at at, at one time, but also enlightening. That boy, where are we going to be ten years from now? Oh, and you know what? I I think the biggest message I want to come away to with this is they haven't abandoned the beginner either. There's equipment for starters and beginners. A little later on, I'm going to talk about some spinning reels during a tackle talk. But you can there's the quality of the beginner's equipment is so much better than it was five or ten years ago that you can get you can get rods and reels for under a hundred dollar combos that we would have paid three four hundred dollars for a few years ago, and the top pros would have been the only ones using them. So it's there's so much knowledge out there, all the stuff that's on the internet now, all the mapping you can do, the way you can do homework on a body of water before you go. I mean, I was doing some fishing off the uh, the Florida Gulf Coast. I could go look at the tides on my phone. I could go look at some deeper water, the access to the shore off, uh, you know, uh, 
Google Earth. I could do all those kinds of things without even having special gear. There's so much available. And then the knowledge that you can tap into on YouTube. And unlike you guys doing live presentations, there's no reason for the beginner to be humbled anymore. He can, he can learn almost at home and go out there and really have success. Absolutely. And, you know, you hit it on the head right there. Just the stuff. And I think that it plays a huge part into, you know, people getting started in fishing. You know, when when you would buy something cheaper, you know, that was, you know, on the lower end of the price scale, it never, it wasn't always good. And, it, and it, you know, people would get frustrated, you know, line tangles, you know, rods breaking and that kind of thing. And I felt like that probably discourages a lot of people that are getting into the sport saying, man, if, I gotta, if I'm going to do this, i got to spend 200 bucks just to have something that will let me, you know, do it, let alone be successful at it. So it's good to see that from the industry standpoint, you know, kids' gear is getting better. Like you said, entry-level gear is getting better. And I think that the more people we can get out in the outdoors fishing and the more people we can get excited about it and good at it, it's only, it, it, it only improves things for everybody. It really does. Hey, let's switch gears a little bit. I think over the next few weeks, between you and I and Nate and Chad Lachance and Dan Swanson, who are all down there, we will we will cover a lot of the new gear and and a lot of it. I, I hate to cover too much until they have it on the shelves and stores. But I've got a list of products that I'm going to be talking about over the next few months. But let's talk about fishing right now. I know you took a few days off, but you've been on the water. You guys are keeping track. Somebody's you know we're going to have a beautiful uh, weekend and a beautiful week coming up. Um, tell me about where you guys are seeing the fishing and what's happening out there. You know, this time of year is, uh, you know, some people consider this as we're getting to mid, mid to late July into August. These are the dog days of summer. But I'll tell you what, over the last few years, this has been some of our favorite times to be out on the water, whether it be us fishing personally or us um, taking customers out and guests out on our boats to teach them, how, you know, how to be more successful on Colorado waters. You know, right now, I can't, I, as a group with Tightline, I don't know the last walleye guided trip we've done that has put less than 100 fish in the boat. And that's something, again, like you talked about, getting people into fishing or, you know, just keeping you encouraged that you can go out and be successful. A lot of these front-range lakes, Chatfield Reservoir, Cherry Creek Reservoir, uh, down south at Pueblo Reservoir, the walleye bite has been really good now for going on two months, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down at all. Um, we've been catching a lot of fish on hard structure, road, road beds, um, some of the dam structure, you know, and it and all it takes is a jig and a night crawler. I mean, you talk about uh, like we said with what we talked about at ICAST. Like you do not need to reinvent the wheel for catching walleyes right now, and uh, it's all about location. And once you can find those fish, it's it's been pretty good. You know, a handful of those fish are you know a lot of these fish are in that sixteen to seventeen and a half inch range. Um, you always want to go look look to fish a little bit shallower for those larger fish. Um, you know, fish that if you want to take a couple fish home to eat. So those 18-inch walleyes are typically or bigger are going to typically be in that shallower water, and uh, you might be a little more uh, apt to catch those just with a jerk bait or a soft plastic tip with a night crawler. Um, yeah, would, wouldn't you think too um, that those oh, sorry, well sorry, those ahead, those big ones those big ones that are shallow probably is an early and late bite too. I had Al Linder on last week while I was gone, and he was talking to Brad Peterson that. You know, it, it, obviously we're leaving the summer peak. That doesn't mean the fish quit eating. It just means how you fish for them and where you find them changes. And I think you hit it right in the head. You can catch tons of those little uh, active males and just have a time of your life fishing with just a jig and a night crawler. Those big ones that are up shallow where you throw them maybe a little different presentation. But you also probably have to fish a little bit different time of the day, don't you think? 
Yeah, you know, and, and I, you know, typically those larger fish are going to be that, you know, low light bite, you know, whether it be early morning or, or later in the afternoon into the evening. And, and you know, year-round here in Colorado with our forage base being gizzard chat and most of our lakes, there's always a good night bite going on. I mean, it might not be the same thing we're doing in the spring, throwing cranks and, uh, and stick baits up high. You know, a lot of guys are catching some fish at night right now with spinners, um, spinners of the night crawler, uh, you know, like your typical Lindy rig, but these are suspended fish you're chasing at night. So, yeah, so when you're targeting those big fish, try to stay away from the heat of the day hours, and uh, you're going to have a lot more success doing that. Uh, All right. You know, as far as as far as far what's going on in South Park, which is what, what I consider kind of my home body of water, you know, spinning an 11-mile, um, the pike bite is getting stronger and stronger, the, the trout bite's really picking up. Um, and this is my favorite time of year to chase pike in, in South Park. We caught some huge fish this spring uh, trolling, uh, you know, big stick baits. But right now the weed lines are up close to the surface, and it's a really visual, heart-pounding uh, technique. We're going a lot of buzz baits, a lot of walk-the-dog baits, you know, that Zara spook or something similar to that. Something you can work over the top of the weeds has been really good. And uh, a lot of people say big pike or a spring and fall thing. Well, last year I think we caught the majority of our fish over 40 inches or I should say the higher percentage, came um, in the in the July, August, early September months while we were catching these fish on topwater, which is, I know you've done it, Terry. It is an exciting way to catch a big predator. Well, you know what I think? You, you started out and we talked about what's going on fishing right now is people tend to say the dog days of summer actually – and and Linder mentioned this on the show, too, last week. And this has always been, I kind of covered this in my article in the Denver Post, that my most current column this week, and that is the fishing is very, very good. It's just different. And you have to do your homework and understand, are the fish, have the fish moved? You know, we went through that summer peak period where you couldn't hardly <clears throat> do anything wrong. There's still really great fishing. And the great part of it is over the next few weeks, um, once you understand what's going on and follow those fish, it's going to be pretty stable how you find them. Absolutely. And a big key is staying on that bite. You know, fish, they don't move uh, significantly overnight. And that's why it's a big deal. You know, if you have the time and the opportunity to spend, you know, two, three days a, a, a week on the water, you're going to be able to stay with those fish and not lose those fish so that, you know, learning curve shrinks big time. Yep. Hey, Will, we've got to go, but if people want to yeah. book a trip with you guys or even just follow you because you get so much information, tell people how they follow you and where they find you. Um, well, our website's always a good way to get a hold of us, tightlineoutdoors.com, and we are very active on social media, uh, particularly on Facebook. So just check us out at uh, Tightline Outdoors on Facebook. we got uh, technique videos. At, you know, We're trying to plug put those out every week just to help everybody out there. If you don't have time to get out on a guide trip, on that learning curve so you can get out there and be successful. Yeah, Tightline Outdoors on Facebook, and uh, that's those are probably the two best ways to get a hold of us. All right. Hey, Will, thank you so much, and we'll be talking to you more because I want to get as things roll on. We want to talk more about what we found at ICAST. Absolutely. Can't wait to talk about it, Terry. You bet. That was Will Dykstra from Tightline Outdoors. By the way, I am broadcasting live from Sportsman's Warehouse in Thornton. That's the location at 84th Avenue and I-25. If you're driving by, i tell you what I'm going to do. I got a gift certificate, and I got some fly-tying videos from Bob Jacklin, Hall of Fame angler. The next person, not the guy standing at the counter looking at me. They don't count. I see you guys over there. That doesn't work. 
but but I do have some discount coupons for you guys. But if you're spending enough money, but the next person that comes in and said, I heard you on the fan, pull off I-25, come up here, find Karen. She's in the striped shirt behind me, and she'll give you your choice of a Bob Jacklin video or a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse here. Coming up after this time out, we're going to have an Ask the Expert, and we're going to ta- answer some of your fishing questions right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And we're going to be broadcasting here till 11, and I'm going to be around till 12. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, America, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. We are broadcasting live from the Sportsman's Warehouse in Thornton on 84th Avenue, right off I-25. I'll be broadcasting here until 11, but I'm going to stick around for an hour, and I had some giveaways, and most of those are gone, but if you're headed down this way, I think I can wrangle up a few more for uh, the time I'm walking around the store, so if you come in and find me between 11 and 12, you might have a surprise if you get here early enough and they're not gone. Hey, it, we're going to do uh, an Ask the Expert now. The Ask the Expert series, uh, series is when... You send your outdoor questions to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, whether they're hunting, fishing, camping, outdoor clothing, cooking, whatever they are. Uh, you send them to terrywickstromoutdoors at gmail.com. If we answer your question on the air, you get a $25 gift card uh, from Sportsman's Warehouse. Our question today, Our question today is, what knot do you use to tie a leader to Superline? That knot is from Nick, that question is from Nick in Westminster. And joining me here at Sportsman's Warehouse from the fishing department to help me answer that is Bob Milner. Morning, Bob. Morning, Terry. You know, I think there's there's two questions. I've been doing the Ask the Expert for I think six or seven years now, and two questions that come up every every few weeks or at least every couple months. One is how do I get started in fly fishing? And and I love that one, and I'm sure we'll get that one soon. The other one is knots, because a lot of people, like you and I grew up fishing. We've been doing it our whole lives. A lot of people get into fishing, but something as simple as they get overwhelmed by what knot do I use and how do I approach it. We can start with his question, but I thought maybe we'd talk about knots in general. Now, you you do both fly and conventional, but you fly fish a little more than you conventional fish, right? Uh, yes, yeah, a, yes, I do. And I do a little more conventional fishing, but I fly fish, so I thought it would be a good back and forth. Let's start out with his question. You, here in the store, people will come in, and you'll put super line on their reel, some kind of braid or something. More and more you're seeing that with a mono and a fluorocarbon. I recommended a uni to uni knot. What do you recommend for those leaders? Um, that's absolutely what I would uh, recommend. Uh, the uni, the double uni knot is uh, just strong. If you tie it right, it's smooth, uh, won't interfere through the guides, um, and it doesn't slip. Um, I've tried a lot of other knots, and they end up slipping because braid has got that slick coating on it to keep it from fluffing up like a piece of yarn, and and it uh, it just it's the conventional knots just don't work well. You're, you're um, absolutely right. They they just slip through, and and then you know, uh, it's it you can the neat thing about that double uni knot is too is you don't you don't have to have the same diameter of line. You can use different diameters to bring it together. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, now as a fly fisherman, now when you put leader material together or add tippet, that's not typically the knot you see there. What do the typical fly fisherman use? Well. Um, 
for myself, I just I'm a bit of a fumble finger when it comes to tying blood knots, but uh, I find that the double surgeon's knot does the job for me. Uh, it is a tad bulky, but it's not going through the guides most of the time, and it holds. It's strong as long as you moisten it, of course. Uh, it doesn't create any friction and weaken the knot. Um, and I've never lost fish because of the knot, so yeah, and that's it's a, working. I still use a surgeon's knot or a double surgeon's knot to some degree just because I can take that long leader and pull it through. I pretty much have quit tying a blood knot myself just because um, I don't, I don't get good strength out of the blood knot. I don't seem to tie it as well as I should. So when a case where I might use a blood knot, I go back to the double uni knot, which, you know, I'm surprised more fly fishermen don't use that knot. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I honestly discovered the uni knot uh, about three, four years ago, um, and I didn't think about using it for fly fishing because I figured it was, this, you know, for spinning, for spinning fishing and, and, the, and the braids, and the uh, I've even put it on a few lead core lines. Um, and I have so much trouble with that blood knot, and I said, I'm just going to try it one day, and I did, and it was so simple, and it worked perfectly, and I can even do it with a gloved, you know, with gloved hand, because I fish in the wintertime, and, you know, I'm standing in that cold stream, and my hands are shaking. Oh, I tell you what. (laughs) So the blood knot is out. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about other knots, too, because I think, you know, like, I get this question a lot about knots to use, and people come up, and they go to me like, I want to fish, but... I don't know what knot to tie the lure on with. And, and it's going to depend whether you're tying direct to the line, if you have a leader, or if you're tying little tiny lures or whatever. Well, let's start with tying a fly on. you got a small fly and you got a small tippet. What's your favorite knot to tie there? Um, well, sometimes I'll use a clinch. Um, but there's also a dry fly knot, which, uh, which uh, you kind of tie like the clinch, except uh, you take one of those loops and loop it over the fly and pull it up, um, not in behind it, but up uh, to the eyelet of the fly. Uh, it draws up uh, real nice and small, uh, especially if you're using, like, midges uh, down to a size 26, which are practically invisible. If I didn't have a hat eyes, I wouldn't be able to see it. Yeah. Oh. Um, but that's what you got to use. So. Yeah, and you can't tie a big bulky knot on a little tiny fly. No. Now, like, when I get to more conventional gear, um, you know, my... If I've got mono or fluorocarbon, whether it's my main line or a leader, and a lot of times now it's a leader where I've got braid and I've got a leader, I still tie a lot of uh, improved clinch knots. Probably if I was teaching somebody right now, that's because I've tied that knot for 50 years, and, and it's easy for me to tie outdoors. It's probably only an 80% knot. But if I could tie that knot, uh, if I could, if I was teaching somebody, I'd probably teach them, a trilene knot, which is, uh, or which you can get, you know, there's illustrations of all these knots on YouTube now. And you should get out and practice them with a piece of big string or rope. Or I would tie a polymer knot. What do you tell when the conventional people come in what they should tie? Um, I keep it simple, I, uh, especially if they don't fish a lot. You know, there's, um, I've met a lot of people uh, lately that uh, haven't fished in years or just uh, haven't taken up the sport. They've moved out here from an area that may have not had great fishing, so they never bothered, and they come out here, and we've got all these beautiful rivers and lakes, and, uh, and, and of course, trout are terrific, uh, bass, walleye, we got it all out here, and, and uh, it, I think it really depends on, on what you're fishing for and how strong you want the knot to be. Well, you, all, of course, want it to be strong, but, you know, if I wouldn't use the same knot for a trout that I would use for a bass, because bass hit your lure a lot harder than a, than a trout can. Well, what I'm going to say right now is, folks, that there's 
great resources online. And you guys can, they can come in here at the Sportsman's. You'll be more than happy to show them some knots. Absolutely. Just, just come back to the fishing department. You'll teach them how to tie them. The other thing is there's so many resources online, animated videos and animated apps that show you how to tie these knots. Pick out two or three. You only need two or three good ones, and you can do most of your fishing. Practice them and get out there, and it'll just help you. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, one of the earliest knots I learned uh, as a fly fisherman. When I took my first class, the guy had this really neat – he used rope. He used big old rope so you could see how the knot developed. And it was just kind of – when you, especially when I was doing that uh, – uh, the uh, improved clinch, for example, um, watching him just make the loops with a different colored uh, rope, and it just made it look so simple. And then once he did it with a fly line, or, and, or excuse me, and uh, with a uh, leader and such, it just it worked just like the, the rope thing did, except smaller. Yep, exactly right. We're out of time for this segment, but Bob's going to join us again in a few minutes, and we're going to talk some fishing gear. He's going to give us an update on what's going on around the area. Terry Wicks from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Now let's go right to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Clays is Corey. Good morning, Corey. Morning, Terry. Uh, how are you doing this fine, uh-huh. fine day? I'm doing very well. Hope you're doing well as well. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a beautiful day, and I'm in here at Sportsman's Warehouse, but I'll be getting out pretty soon. I'm going to stay here for a while. They're great people. Um, they said they want to just start doing some things with you. I talked to them. They, they love Colorado Clays. So. Well, we love Sportsman's Warehouse, too. They send us a lot of shooters over here when they purchase the shotgun. We actually have a deal with them if you per- purchase a shotgun from sportsman's warehouse and bring your receipt here we give you a free round of trip well and they have your sign up in the gun department so it's a good thing good thing for everybody hey Corey, i know we're going to talk about getting ready for dove season but before we do that i know you have an event coming up in just a week or two i think a couple weeks that's very special to you tell us about that yeah so we have an event coming up saturday august 5th uh, that it's a sporting clays tournament that benefits outdoor buddies. And, y- you know, we just, we love all the nonprofits that host, um, you know, charity shoots here. We love raising money for nonprofits. We actually have one going on here today for Mountain State's Children's Home, which is going great. But Outdoor Buddies is one of our favorite organizations. And for those people that don't know, uh, their goal is to help disabled um, individuals, um, and be able to enjoy the outdoors, whether it's fishing, hunting, shooting, et cetera. So we love our partnership with them. Uh, they are a great organization, and you guys do so much for these nonprofits. In fact, a nonprofit looking to have a fundraiser should get a hold of you guys because you make it so easy for them, and you can cater events. You can set up just about anything they want. And I've been out there for some of the events, and it's just a great atmosphere, and it really, really does help out. And that's uh, August 5th, you said? Yeah, that's Saturday, August 5th. Um, on our website or on theirs, um, you know, all, there's all the full information. I know they're still obviously taking shooters. We're a few weeks out. It's really affordable, and it, it's just a great day of shooting. All right. Now, before we run out of time telling each other how wonderful we are, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people getting ready for dove hunting. And my first thoughts of dove hunting, and you're – I'm not sure how much of a dove hunter you are. I know you do a lot of shooting. I know your your husband is obsessed with dove hunting. He is. But it's, <laughs> September 1st is his favorite day of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's like Christmas for him. Right. Um, 
but I hear over and over again people going, well, I use it as my tune-up because what they're embarrassed to say is, I couldn't hit those little suckers, especially early in the year because yeah. they fly fast and they're small. And, you know, why people don't get ready ahead of time, they just take their shotguns. First of all, before you do any hunting, you don't want to have a bad trip. You should go out and do some shooting, make sure everything's working, but you certainly should do some practice. That's for sure. I was listening to the previous segment, and it's practices like everything. It's just like, you know, catching fish. It sure is better to actually catch some fish than just to be sitting on the lake all day. But, yeah, so one thing that's great for warming up for doves is our wobble trap. And we have two of those, and they're a great dove warm-up. Uh, they differ a little bit from, you know, traditional trap shooting in that the trap machine oscillates left and right and up and down. So it gives you a bigger target angle, and that's really a good way to, to warm up for dub. And now's the time to do it. September 1st will be here before you know it. I don't know where the summer's going, but now's the time to come out and, you know, make sure your shotgun, you know, maybe do some patterning, make sure everything's working properly on your shotgun, maybe even take a lesson. We've got a couple instructors that can help you get going if you're new to shotgun shooting or, you know, dove hunting in particular. But now's the time to start tuning up because, as we all know, it's it's funner to actually hit things. And I'm not a huge oh, dove yeah. hunter, but I must say I like to eat those little things, so. Yeah, they do taste good. You know? And, you know, we have, if it's anything like last year, we had a fantastic dove season last year. And I, I haven't had a chance to talk to the biologists yet. I'll get probably get them on the next couple of weeks and get a preview of both the doves and the upland game. But, you know, my motto is always on all the hunting and shooting sports is don't get ready to hunt, stay ready. You know, shotgun shooting, all shooting is a perishable skill. And you may think that you can go out there under a non-hunting or a non-stress situation and shoot your gun and be successful, but it's a lot different when your heart's beating 150 miles an hour and that little critter's taken off and you're startled by it. You have to be instinctive because if you think about the mechanics of your shot, you're not going to make them. And like you said, the wobble trap, because it does have such a variety, it kind of really is a great tune-up for doves because they certainly don't fly in a straight line. Oh, absolutely not. They are little unpredictable little suckers, as you call them. And the wobble trap is just a great way. It's unpredictable. Um, yeah, that's a great way to just you know kind of fine-tune and get all practiced up. And, you know, people, how much does it cost? If I want to come out and shoot a couple rounds of wobble trap, What's it going to cost me? So trap and skeet is $7 a round, and there's 25 targets per round. Um, if we're talking pricing, uh, we also have a 15-station sporting clays course, and that's $38 for 100 targets. Right, and that's so inexpensive, and it's just going to sharpen your skills. How do they find you, Corey? Um, our website, coloradoclays.com, gives you a description of everything we have here, all the shotgun shooting. We also have a 100-yard rifle range, a 25-yard handgun range. Um, we're open six days a week, and all that information is at our website, coloradoclays.com. All right. Thank you so much. You have a great day. I'm sure you're busy out there, lots of people, and um, hopefully we can get out there, Karen and I, and visit with you guys soon. That would be good. Have a great day, Terry. Thanks, Corey. Hey, let's go right back to the phones because uh, Terry Wicks from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Salmon, Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon, which is one of my favorite products. And joining us on the, the phone to talk about it is Spencer Mason. Good morning, Spencer. Morning, Terry. How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, you know, and I think this is your first time joining us. I think we've had your dad and your brother. Is that right? Yes, sir. This is my first time. I just moved back from school um, towards the end of May, so I know my father, my older brother, has done it many times, and I wanted to hop on myself. 
Well, it's easy to talk about Honey Smoked Fish Company salmon. It's just so it's darn good. Easy. I tell you what, I, I can guarantee you right now it's in my, my refrigerator. And, you know, we talk every <laughs> week about the nutritional value. What are your some of your favorite things about Honey Smoked? Is it the flavor, the nutritional value, the way it goes in recipes? What are your favorite thoughts? I mean, like you're saying, there's just so many amazing things about the product. I'd say for me, the best thing about it is just because people my age are always on the go. I mean, with work, with working out, with, you know, going out. I mean, I never really had time just to stay at home and to actually cook a, a full meal. And what's so amazing about Honey Smoked Salmon is that it is ready to eat right out of the package. And a lot of these other meals like that that's ready to eat, they aren't so healthy or they may be processed or they may have a lot of artificial things in them. But our Honey Smoked Salmon is all natural. It's high in protein, high in omegas. I mean, that's why we market ourselves as, as a superfood. And so since it doesn't have a strong fishy taste like most other smoked salmon companies, I mean, it will complement any dish, whether it's omelets for breakfast in the morning or salads for lunch or pizza pasta for dinner. I mean, you can throw it in anything. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, another thing, too, that you guys should be proud because it's a Colorado company. You guys are family-owned. You live right here in Colorado. The product sure. is sold all over, but you're just proud to deal with such a great product from a Colorado family. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is something special, especially this state more so than other states. I mean, like, we really focus on staying healthy. I think we're, like, the fittest state. Um, I mean, the people here, they just love to eat healthy. And, I mean, we just love, you know, feeding the people in Denver and throughout the whole state. And, um, I mean, just hearing their amazing feedback on our product as well. You're absolutely right. we got to let you go, Spencer, but you have my uh, – you guys have been part of my diet and part of my regular routine for, I think, almost a decade. Now we're going back about at least six, seven years, and you've been part of the show. And it, it truly is in my refrigerator all the time. Spencer, thank you for joining us. that. Thank you. You bet. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. But that, that's Spencer Mason, part of the Mason family that owns Honey Smoked Salmon. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Salmon, America's superfood. Secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. It's time now for Terry's Tackle Tip of the Week. All right, it is time for our Tackle Tip of the Week. And joining me for today's Tackle Tip from the fishing department here at Sportsman's Warehouse in Thornton is Bob Milner. Morning again, Bob. Morning, Terry. Yeah, we're going to talk about a reel that I think you and I don't have any trouble talking about, and that's the Fluger President. And, you know, I, I... People come in, I know you see them buying these $20 and $30 combos all the time. Nothing wrong with that. It gets them started, right? It gets them out there. They don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah, no, not at all. They get, yeah, just get out there and experience it. Right, but those things aren't really going to last you over years in time. They're nice reels. They usually have bushings instead of bearings in them. And over a year or two, they're going to wear out, and they're not going to have the features and the you know of uh, upper-end reel. A lot of people think you got to spend... You know, two, three hundred dollars to get a high-end quality reel, and I think Fluger kind of makes a myth out of that because the president really touches all those points, and it's really at an affordable price. It is. I mean, at fifty-nine ninety-nine, it's it's a great buy for a really. I mean, I would I would say that it's as good a reel as some reels costing 
three times that much. What are some of the features you really like about it? Um, Well, my favorite feature is the braid-ready spool. A lot of people are going to braid now on spinning reels, and normally if it's not a braid-ready spool, you have to back it a little, which takes up space uh, for braid. And um, with the... the, with the Fluger, you've got a braid-ready spool, and it has these little rubber strips. And I call them uh, speed bumps because that's what they kind of look like on the road. But it gives the braid something to grip, and it, uh, you can use 100% braid if you want to get the maximum amount on. Um, Ten bearings, uh, standard for uh, retrieve ratio, 5.2 to 1. Um, a solid body, uh, the heavy bale, which uh, is very durable. You know, the people who've been a bale before, this thing is tough as nails. And it's a smooth reel. I mean, in your hand, it, it, it's, it's incredibly smooth to crank, but the anti-reverse is just instantaneous for hook sets. It is. Uh, you know, that's, that's something that's really important. Some reels, when you have some slack in your uh, anti-reverse, um, that can affect, that can break off a fish, uh, or you just won't set it. You know, if you're fishing for something that has a really strong jaw, you want to get a good hook set to get it in his mouth. And this reel is also available on, I think, four or five sizes. I think it's a, they go 20, 25, 30, 35, and they, I don't know if they still make a 40 or not. They used to make a 35, but so you can really get one that fits whatever your type of fishing is. Yeah, there is a 40 still, um, and there's even a 60 for guys who uh, want something for catfishing. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, and you can get some bigger ones. You were telling me there's a ladies version of it, too. Yep, it uh, came out, like, Two, two summers ago for the uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Some of the proceeds from that uh, do go to that. And, uh, again, we're talking a reel that's fifty nine ninety five. Yep. And now you can, you can easily pair that with a, just a moderately priced rod and be well under $100 for a setup that's as good as things that used to cost two $300 just a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, we match it up a lot with the Fenwick Eagle Rod, a uh, really good casting rod uh, it really balances well with the president and it just throws allure simply easily just it's amazing i tell you what that's our tackle talk for today the fluger president reel if you're looking for just a little better a little better than just your combo reel this is a tremendous one i can honestly tell you that the reels on my gear right now in my boat and in my my that are rigged up ready to go most of them are the fluger president or the president um uh, xt i have a few other reels that manufacturers have sent me to test but when i get new reels i buy the president i fish all over the world and i use the president for almost everything i do except saltwater i just really really love that reel bob well we got a few minutes here left i wanted to make sure we saved a little time because you just got done doing the fishing report here what are you seeing going on somebody wants to go out tomorrow we got a beautiful week if they have some time off where would you go fishing well right now the hottest lake in the state is still ontario uh, it's full now. Um, they're finally letting some water out in the spinny and getting that filled up. But uh, uh, it's just people are limiting out. Uh, it is a two-fish limit, but people are catching those two fish. And, and uh, of course, no, uh, no motorized boats still, uh, just, but you can still take out your pontoon boat or your, or your belly boat. Or a kayak. Or kayak, yeah, or canoes. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, it's fishing really, really well. Um, it is a little crowded, especially on the weekends because everyone knows it. But it's great to have it back, too. You know, it's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, that was dried up. It's just been put back. We need those resources. Yep. Where, where else have you been hearing? Anything? Um, well, um, river-wise, uh, we're seeing a lot. Uh, all the rivers are coming down fast. Um, 
for the fly fishermen out there. The, the dream is doing great. It's stabilized. Uh, the flows are, are, are finally getting to a level where uh, the deep pocket water hold those big old browns um, all along there. Levin Mile Canyon, Deckers, uh, Waterton Canyon, uh, Cheeseman. Um, those levels are just doing great right now, and the fishing is incredible. I think the flows are still a little higher than typical summer flows, but the water's clear, and that's what really matters. Yes. What yeah. kind of presentation would you throw through the canyons there? Uh, I've been hearing that the I've been hearing that the hopper droppers coming on early, and looks like it's going to be good all year. It is. That's and that was you know usually you don't see that till almost August. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that or dry droppers too. Um, you're seeing some dry fly action. Uh, I was up on the blue. Uh, two weeks ago, and I was using a, a, a dry dropper with a mysa shrimp and just catching them over and over again right there in town behind the 7-Eleven. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I'll tell you what else. The walleyes are still going down, up and down the front range. The bass are on fire yet. Fishing's going to change for the warm water species because our summer peak is ending. The fish are still going to be there. It's going to be good. You're just going to have to do a little homework and work for them. Bob, thank you for joining us, and thanks Sportsman's Warehouse for having us here today. Thanks for having us. You bet. We're broadcast. We're going to end our broadcast here in just a matter of a minute or two from Sportsman's Warehouse in Thornton at I-25 and uh, 84th Avenue. I'm going to hang around for an hour, so come on by and say hello. I love to talk fishing with everybody. I love to meet people. Don't forget to do our Ask the Expert. Our Ask the Expert question is where you send your outdoor question to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on uh gmail at gmail.com and it can be fishing hunting camping outdoor cooking outdoor clothing whatever it is we're going to get an expert on to help us bob was our expert earlier we talked about knot tying if we answer your question on the air just for sending it in you get a 25 dollars gift card from sportsman's warehouse just for sending the question in so that's awesome you don't you don't have to come in you don't even have to listen but we hope you will and anyway but join us every saturday from 9 to 11 don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Everything on this show, my, my column in the Denver Post, our television on YouTube, everything else is um, is is on that, on that Facebook page. Next week, we will be broadcasting live from Lazy Days RV in Loveland, Colorado. So don't forget to join us. Come up and see us up there. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour on 104.3 The Fan. Thank you.